And what's going on, party people? How you doing? This is Brandon, aka B Harv, coming at you one more again. We've got another episode, an exciting episode of the B's side. Uh, we're, we're trying to make this podcast, you know, reach reach millions, but you know, we got to start somewhere. So we appreciate you guys listening in, having a good time with us as we talk music, and to the guests that we have with us, that you know, their journey of music, what they feel about music, and just everything in that encompasses music. So yeah, man, let's get it started. Let's get it cracking, man. Our, our guest today, um, I, I, I honestly can say is a brother. Um, over the years, that has become that because of the relationships that we hold together and then the mates that we have who happen to be related to each other. So kind of works that way. But I first was introduced to this man by another person who told me, and I quote, this is one of the baddest drummers I have ever come across. And when he told me that, I didn't take it lightly. But of course, you know, you have to see for yourself. And when I saw for myself, that was definitely a statement worth stating. So today, it is my pleasure to introduce to y'all one of the baddest drummers in the area, one of the baddest drummers that I've seen. And if you haven't seen this man, you need to go check him out. But he goes by the name of George Furman, but he also is known and professionally known and just widely known, let's say, as Sticks. So, Sticks, welcome to the show, man. Thank you very much. Thank you Absolutely. for having me. Absolutely, yes, bro. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. I'm glad you can finally make it here. I know, yes, you know, uh, Sydney, Ohio, where we're, we're coming at you from the land of Miamisburg, Ohio, and Sydney is a little ways, but... You know, I'm glad you made that sacrifice to come down here and talk to us for a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Absolutely. It's worth it. Cool. So let's get it cracking, man. Let's get it started. Let's start right from the beginning, man. George, where are you from? Where were you raised? Let's get the whole gist. Uh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> man, I was born and raised in Xenia, Ohio. Okay. Survivor of the 1974 tornado and all. Okay. Um, and went to pretty much all of the elementary schools mm -hmm. and I went to Warner Junior High and then I ended up going to Junior High School. Okay. Okay. And, yeah. Um how old were you at the in the 74 when the tornado hit? I was like 14 months I think. Oh, okay. So yeah. you have no recollection of what was going on? Not until I went and saw the movie Twister. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Brought back a lot in my brain that uh me myself wasn't ready for. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I was uh 3 years old and you know, I was here um my dad was in the Air Force, so we were on base housing and we just heard about it cuz you know, none of it hit us and uh I don't remember you know, what I saw until later on, I got older and, you know, they did these anniversaries of when it hit and I just, all the damage, I was just like, wow. But yeah. That, yeah. That's crazy. And yeah. It was very crazy, especially for how it hit my house. As my parents told me, my mother said she saw my father at the time had a barracuda mm -hmm. and it was parked in the garage. Okay. It comes in the living room. Wow. And she couldn't do nothing to stop that. So she grabs me. And as the tornado is really coming over our house, mm -hmm. she puts me in my room, I guess, where my baby crib was yeah. or whatever. And the tornado came straight through the house. And the only thing that was standing was the wall, my crib, 
and me and my mother. Wow. After all was said and done. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, it, yeah, that's definitely by the grace of God. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. When, uh, when, when it was all said and done, why did they decide to stay in Xenia? I mean, do you happen um, to know? or No, not really. Um, I, I guess from uh, they were able to make do from the rebuild okay. and everything. So I, I, I don't have any recollection yeah. of that at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I never, never asked. Yeah. Well, I mean. Why do we stay there? You know? <laughs> right, right. Wow, that's that's crazy, but I'm yeah, glad everything worked out. Um, mm -hmm. Now, is your family musical? Oh yeah. Okay. My, my mother, uh, she she was a singer, um, and one of the greatest voices uh, I ever heard. And okay. A lot of people uh, agree with me on that. Um, she was a definite force in the in the music business. Okay. Um, yeah, man, and she sang with Babyface, and she background Dorian Harewood, uh, son, uh, yeah, a lot of studio musicians. My mother wrote "You Bring Me Joy." Oh wow, Anita Baker. Oh wow. Yes, my mother penned that song. Okay, uh, I was actually at the uh, demo recording when they demoed it in seventy eight, seventy nine, something like that. Okay, and. Uh, she was uh, with a group of people, friends, Ricky Crawford and friends, I mm -hmm. believe. And uh, yes, they together they came up with that, and uh, he ended up selling it to the publisher, publishing company, or whatever that got it to Anita Baker. Um, but that, it, it's really tripped out. Yeah, man, that's a classic song, yes, man. Yes, sir. Especially not only in Anita's catalog but that's just a classic song period yeah anita, wow. anita actually sang it the way my mother sang it on the demo okay mm -hmm. wow yes sir. <laughs> <laughs> yes, i'm sir. taken aback by that like yes sir. okay and what did your dad did he, did he play at all or no no my father uh he hard worker you know okay but his ear for music woo wee uncanny what and was uncanny about it he could go from Ramsey Lewis mm -hmm. to Led Zeppelin to Earth, Wind, and Fire to you know to some Peter Frampton, yeah, uh, Isley Brothers to some uh, man. It was it, it, he introduced me to like the rock music, and, okay, and because he said you know he loved all kinds of music and everything. So my dad's ear for music was just that so growing up in that household i had all of that music flavor from my father and then the musician you know flavor from my mother all right all right and boy now and, have years later or at any given time did you ever ask your dad like what was it about all this different music that attracted you like what made you have this ear for it like or i i or do you do you know? Like you know, I, I never asked my father that. Um, I just always accepted what you know yeah. he heard. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, like the jazz stuff and um, definitely the classic rock music. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then from that being the seventies period, and then 
lo and behold, we have MTV, the greatest invention of music <laughs> video. Right. And uh, and uh, the kids' reason to stay home, skip school, and <laughs> yeah. turn that on and leave it on for 25-8, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Man, so that world, too, and right at the beginning of it, you know, and all of this, I was soaking everything up okay. and gathering all the knowledge I could. Gotcha. Now, to my to our audience out there, I, I have to say that, you know, knowing that I know George, um, he is definitely an audiophile. He loves music, and which, again, like I said, is one of the reasons why, or really the main reason why we're doing this podcast, but I know he is a collector of vinyl. So my next question to you is, did your dad collect vinyl? Oh, or? yes, sir. Okay. My father, <laughs> oh, boy, he used to, uh, he told me, he used to have the cover of Maggot Brain. Okay. If you're familiar with Funkadelic. Yes, sir. That cover is just a lady's face on the dirt yep. soil yeah. and whatnot. And it, it he would put that cover somewhere in the in the mix. And I started flipping through his albums. I'd see that cover and I'd book my butt upstairs, man. <laughs> that cover for some reason scared the bejesus out of right, me. Right. Right. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it's funny that is and, funny oh man. man that is it's really funny because one of the few times i actually do remember finding it and screaming and yeah. booking upstairs so yeah that's very true <laughs> and now also you know my my mother always told me or my mother told me she told my dad and you know won't you teach him how to work you know mm -hmm. the, the stereo system if you teach him yeah, because I was breaking my father's needles. Like, oh, wow. And my dad, he was a serious hi-fi. Right. So his needles was like $80 back then. And I was breaking, breaking them. Breaking them, yeah. I was breaking them, man. He using them like professional shore. Mm -hmm. Super good needles. Man. Yeah. I was breaking them just trying to play the record, though. But <laughs> So my mother's like, you know, once you're teaching and he taught me, he rolled with it. He'd go down and he'd be like, all right, watch this. Hey, son, go down there and put on some earth, wind, and fire. What's the big deal? My son can't read yet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I knew every record in his in his stack. And uh, it's pretty much a thing uh, of mine to go to someone's house and see what records they had. Because mm -hmm. I was, I guess, I didn't know it then, but I was flavor checking. Yeah. And then I could remember the records I seen, so it's like, hmm. Yeah. And it tells, it, it, honestly, it tells you a lot about a person. It, it does. It, it, and that's how I would, you know, mm -hmm. figure out where I'm at my place in that realm of where I, wherever I would be. Right. Just because of what records you have, because then I, I then I know what I could talk about. Yeah, yeah. You know, something I heard, something I knew. Oh yeah, such and such. And then I'd forever read the credits and all that stuff. So it was, yeah, I was a record nerd. Okay, okay. <laughs> I still am. Yeah, but please believe it. Yeah, I definitely believe it, man. Yeah. So to to our audience who might not know, what exactly are you meaning when you say you were breaking needles? What was actually what were you doing? Uh, I was trying to grab the cue lever on the arm mm -hmm. and, you know, I, my dad's cue button would be down. So when I'd grab the arm, I'd 
drop it. Gotcha. And it dropped like it was hot. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Skidding all across that record. Yeah. Man. And yeah, even some of the vinyl that he had, it was you could I saw my marks on them mugs. Right. Man. Like, oh God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then and it, the funny thing is, you know, and I had children and my father would be like, Yeah, I hope they break your needles. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. There it is. That's some there of that. Some of that right there. <laughs> now, did it happen a lot? Like, how many times did you did it take for you to actually learn your lesson? Did I don't really. I I, I know it was enough. You know, I was getting spankings and what. Okay. For you know messing with pop stereo. Right. But then he got wise and started. You know, because he had uh, Phillips two twelve turntable. If anybody's familiar with those types of turntables back in those days. Which had a uh, a front pull out. Uh, you could pull your cartridge, the whole situation out. Okay, that your, that your needle and yeah. cartridge was attached to. Yeah, absolutely. So, yep. and he would pull that out and hide it, but I knew where he hid it, and I actually told him that, and he was like. You little, <laughs> <laughs> like you couldn't keep, he couldn't yeah, he keep could, you away. No, man. man. I mean, the music bug, man, was just so heavenly in me, like so heavy. I had to, I had to do something. And then you know, I'd be in school tapping, rat tat tat tapping, getting in trouble because mm-hmm. I'd be. Wanting to play drones and tat 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 on the desk, tat tat tat, be at home, tat 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 on the couch. <laughs> okay. Now, was that always was that always the first instrument that kind of just really sparked you? Was oh, the drums? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, I didn't even. I don't even think I knew that there was other instruments at the time. <laughs> no, that makes in, sense. In the beginning, you yeah, know, that makes because sense. All I all I ever sought after was being a drummer. That's yeah. all I could. I was walking in rhythm and and doing things. Yeah. Just exploring my, trying to figure, you know, my place. Right. Trying to figure out what kind of talent I, you know, had. Right. Because I didn't know. I, I And that's the funny thing, being young enough to remember, I knew I wanted to be a drummer. I just didn't know how to be a drummer. Yep. Yep. Being young enough that I can, you know, convert that now, I didn't know how to convert that then. Yeah. And I remember trying different situations anytime because my mother had a band um, and, you know, band members in and out of the house leaving drums over. Mm-hmm. Uh, such and such put me in his lap. Uh, uh, yeah, a few drummers of my mother's. Okay, you know, put me in the lap, and and that did it, man. It was like, okay, I gotta, yeah, I gotta figure this out. Yeah, you know, I I knew within me, I'm I'm gonna do it, and then I was so determined, self determined, like nobody had to make me, nobody had to force me. That's it was self determined. I yeah. All I needed, all I needed, my parents to do was buy the drum set. Just, right. Just get me the drum set. I got it from there. Right. You get the drum set. I got it from there. So, okay. Yeah, and, and pretty much that's how it, it became about. You know? Okay. That's how I was getting my start, and then, you know, when my mother and father had split up, mm-hmm. 
and uh, she had met my sister's father, who is Ronnie Diamond Horde, the lead singer, Wandering Souls, mm -hmm. uh, and Ohio Players as well. Okay. And um, when they got together, you know, he had he was in bands and things like that. So we had a double camaraderie <laughs> of bands. I had my, you know, my mother, uh, leader of Hot Number, mm -hmm. all female band. Okay. They were coming over doing their rehearsing, and then yeah, Ronnie Diamond and Message. They were coming over rehearsing. Yeah, yeah, and. At that time, a lot of the musicians, it was a total musician frenzy in my house, okay. for real. And were they all Xenia people, or were they coming no, from Dayton? No, they were coming from Dayton. Okay. And that, you know, looking back on it now, it's like, wow, everybody was totally, you know, coming to our quarters. Yeah. You know, Keith Harrison, I, I met him when I was like, what, seven, eight years old? Wow. Coming to the house in Xenia. Wow. Um, oh, man. And uh, ooh, we, Ronnie Cochran, the drummer for uh, Slave. And mm -hmm. and uh, who else did he? And, oh, Heil Players. He was on the graduation album. Okay. And, man, that dude was, oh, boy. That was, I mean, because, number one, he was, you know, being in uh, Ronnie's band, Ronnie Diamond's band. Mm -hmm. He was always there and at the house, and then he liked my cousin, so he had a reason to come over <laughs> to the house. Yeah. But his drumming, man, I just remember looking at that dude like, you have got to, I don't care what it takes, you've got to show me what you, and then it was like all these other drummers were coming in, and I was getting all this flavor. Like, yeah. Yeah, 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 give me, give me, give me, feed me, feed me, feed me, you know, sponge, 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 I'm going to soak it, I'm going to get it, I'm going to get right, it. Right, you know? right. And uh, I just remember, and being around all them guys, like all the time, mm -hmm. it, and, you know, I guess at times I was a little annoying. I mean, I was a little kid. You're a little kid, I, yeah, yeah, it happens. Know, yeah, you know, get away. Right. But your interest was genuine, so yeah. yeah. Uh, I can't get away. I, I want to get away, but I can't. You know. Yeah. Go upstairs. No. Right. <laughs> that does not work for me. <laughs> right. Know? So, um, actually, they figured they put me to use. You know, my mother and Ronnie. They would. Okay. Well, uh, we're learning this these songs. Go listen to them and write the words down. Interesting. Very interesting because that is the reason why I know a lot of lyrics to a lot of songs. And the fact that I know them accurately, even still today, yeah, bugs me out. Yeah. <laughs> but it's because they had, <laughs> they had me writing these songs out lyric, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go, yeah, that, but you know, either one would go buy the forty five or whatnot. Yeah, record. All right, hey, uh, go over here and dissect these lyrics and write these out for me. I have to learn this by tonight and blah 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 blah. Rehearse. Wow. Word, really? <laughs> right. You know, that's my homework. You know, what I mean? yeah. So to get all my schoolwork done so I could have time have to time be to free to, to write <laughs> lyrics for them. So it was a lot of lyric writing, too. Okay. And funny thing, man, I I was only in second, third grade mm. when I was doing all this. Mm. 
for them. You know, like, I, yeah, I was man. young. I was still a kid, but you blessed and highly favored. That's, man, that's, bruh, there's I no doubt think about, about that. It man. Now you know it's like wow. And then I had very good penmanship. You know, yeah, so they they could read my writing and everything. Boy, they loved it. They loved when I did that. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, man, that's why I know a lot of lyrics. I that's had awesome. to, I had to write them out. So. Right, <laughs> right. That's crazy because when you brought up uh, just the drumming part at the beginning, it reminded me because as a singer. When growing up, I never really, it's not that I didn't know they were there, but mm -hmm. I wasn't attracted to harmonies. I was really into the melodies. Now, I know some people that, you know, who I've talked to that sing that the harmonies always got them. It wasn't until probably 17, 18, where I was actually noticing not only the harmonies, but the intricacies of those harmonies. Yes. So sir. everything from like a Stevie Wonder, his harmonies mm. and, um, you know, I graduated in 89 and 91 was when Boys the Men came out. And 91 is the year I graduated. Okay. Yeah. So I recognized those harmonies when Boys to Men sang. And mm -hmm. then I only knew, and you and I have kind of talked about this before, mm -hmm. you know, I only knew Spread Love by Take Six because that was a video. Ooh, right. So I really liked the I liked what I heard, but I didn't know they were that. You know what yes, I'm saying? Sir. Until yes, I actually sir. went yes, down sir. that rabbit hole and heard them. So it's kind of like the same thing with you, man. Like you knew what you heard from these drummers was something and you had to do it. It it was in you, but you just didn't know how to get that started. And no, I didn't. And one thing, you know, drumming, there's so many different styles, right. so many different vocabularies, definitions, so many approaches. Mm -hmm. And you, you think, you know, when you think about you, you learning a drum beat, and it four four you know, and boom tap boom tap and you go from that to learning some jazz you know the different flavor and and the transitions mm -hmm. and I'm you know as a kid I'm hearing all now wait a minute I thought the drums did this right now how did they do this you know th these were things I had to figure out mm -hmm. and. You know, at, at, when I could, if I came across someone that was able to speak that language, I'd, hey, Mister, you know, something. Right? How'd you do that? Let me, let me such and such. And uh, so, being able to differentiate mm -hmm. these differences between your jazz, your rock, your R and B, your progression, and, mm -hmm. you know, uh, progressive rock. Uh, fusion rock um you know those different things because you know learning that and then being introduced to your billy cobham and lenny white and it's like okay hold the phone here right what is going on <laughs> with this yeah yeah and and, and, and god Talk it, man. God. Talk about it, George. That's what we Listen, here for. Listen, man. <laughs> MTV, and I think it was one of the first times I saw Tom Sawyer and seen all of those Neil Peart drums. Yeah. What do I do now? Right. Right. I mean, 
And it's like, okay, if when I learned or I, when I thought I had figured something out, mm-hmm. or this, here comes something else, and here comes something else. Yep. It was like, oh, my goodness. Speak up on it, man. Yeah, man. And, and, you know, and then, and this is all, like I said, in my period, you know, from your, your 70s, 80s, and whatnot, because just going with what I was hearing, mm-hmm. you know, from mom and dad and Yoda Yoda and everybody. So by the time I was able to become a teenager and get my own little study on, then I discovered Buddy Rich. And, you know, oh, my goodness, man. I don't know how to explain that, man. Put two sticks in that dude's hand and all bets are off. Right. Right. You know, I mean, and the things that he was doing in the 50s, 60s, oh, goodness. I, I mean, he can do with one stick. I can't do with two. And that's, <clears throat> I just don't have nothing to say about yeah. that. <laughs> now, how for, did you discover, buddy? What was what was that? Um. Oh, Lord have mercy. I, I don't know. I don't remember if it might have been a television program that I, you know, came across. Mm-hmm. The old, maybe that's what it was. Old, maybe Merv Griffin or, oh, Lord, I'm telling my age. Trust me. <laughs> uh, I've been there. Mike Douglas uh, all Mike man. Douglas, yeah, yeah. man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Mike Cavett. Oh, yeah, man. Dick Cavett. Oh, Dick Cavett. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, all them shows, man. Right. It was one of those, and I seen him on there performing, and, oh, boy, did the mouth hit the floor. Right. It was just like, oh, now. That was your Mike. Here we go. That was your Michael Jackson moonwalk moment. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. (laughs) Like all, you just, everything just stopped for you. Yeah. Everything. And the thing is, you know, these other drummers, like I said, Neil Perk got all of this. Mm -hmm. Yep. This dude played a four piece and. Man, I never heard so much noise out of a drum set. Right. What that dude can do with his wrist. Oh, boy. Yeah. So it just, it lets you know what's out there. Mm -hmm. It lets you know if you really want to belong to the medium that, you know, you're in. You gotta you gotta study up on those players. Yeah, absolutely. You, you have to because they have different vocabularies, you know. Yeah. And, and please don't let me leave out my one of my favorite drummers, uh, Dennis Chambers. Uh, okay. And who's he? Who was he with? Oh, Funkadelic. Funkadelic. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. As Parliament Funkadelic P Funk dude. Man, gotcha. And John Schofield and. Oh man, George Duke, Stanley Clark. Uh, oh man, Dennis Chambers, Dennis Chambers. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Dennis Chambers, man. That yeah, that dude's the most. But you know what? Even more so with them. And I'll say this: listening to a lot of my father's records, he bought a lot of the Ohio's, 
our Ohio bands, right? Your, your Faso, Heat Waves, Zap, Ohio players. So I'm gonna say right now, man, the first ones were my heroes: James Diamond Williams, Roger the Dodger Parker, uh, man, Curtis Sanford, man, uh, Lester Trotman. Um, oh yeah, and even uh, the first phase of Ohio players, uh, uh, Greg Webster. Mm-hmm. Oh man, oh man, and it, they was just. So We've been taking to school right now, in case y'all didn't know. Yeah, man, Platypus, <laughs> Curtis Sanford. Uh huh. That's my hero. I mean, man, and 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 Parker. I mean, now I tell you what, man, that daggone Roger Parker. He's the one to play drums on "Weak at the Knees." Okay. Uh, Steve Arrington's Hall of Fame. That's him. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, that's him. Yeah, he's yeah he woo wee, he another hero of mine, man. These these Dayton drummers, man. Uh, my brother Johnny Watson, mm-hmm. man. Oh man, there's so many and so many talented drummers here in Dayton, Ohio. Come on, man. man. Tell it. I mean. You know, and please excuse no one for like if I can't do it, drop your name or Absolutely. if I don't, you know, it ain't like that. I'm just forgive his head, yeah, not his heart, because yeah, that's, that's right. That's where you but are. Yeah, all of y'all, man. I'm I'm giving props to everybody I've ever came across on the dating scene, right? As far as on drums, because boy, y'all mugs ain't nothing but talented. <laughs> Absolutely, and that's the truth, man. And I learned something from you know all of these wonderful musicians, man, that just they just put it down. Right. Son. They just put it down. Right. And uh, like I said, I just, I'm like a sponge. Let me soak up what I can. Mm-hmm. You know? and, hey, I got to get in there somewhere. Yeah. So, so yeah. was it, uh, not what, what, I guess was it, did you not get classical training? All of this was just kind of just on the job kind of thing. What you saw from these drummers, you kind of, like you said, as a sponge, soaked it in. You never really... Yeah. Went to a teacher to learn how to play. No, not and not until I was in the fifth grade, and um, I was in band, mm-hmm. and then that's when I learned how to read music. How okay, to read my drum notes, and to to know what I was playing, right? And how to interpret it, how to read it, and how to play it, right? And um, so at that time, I'm like, okay, I have this type of you know knowledge with what i've learned Mm -hmm. so i was able to kind of listen to things and understand what the drummer did it was uh it was a a sake of being able to practice it yeah you know but more or less i could listen to a record and hear what the drummer did even high mid and low toms you know, because they're very distinctive on records. Right. So you could, yeah. You can tell what the drummer hits, and uh, I would be pretty good at you know trying to emulate what I would hear. Yeah. Um. And uh, I can relate to I, that. <laughs> I, and and literally, it became a training of mine. You know, to just turn my ear on, be able to. You know, I, I almost want to say I use my mind as if it was a tape recorder. Okay. And to go back and, okay, right there. All right. Okay. And, uh, okay. And this bar. All right. Right here. This happens right here. <laughs> That's know, amazing, that, Sticks. I mean, it's just, I don't, uh, 
man, I I don't know how. I just know that it's there. Uh, yeah, you know. So I pretty much learned how to practice doing you know that type of thing. Let me listen to it. Right. All right. At least you know nothing else. I will get that main beat and. You know, I throw all the spices in there as we're going along. Right. Okay. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give you that good something to drive on type of thing first. Right. Right. Uh, all right. That, and that's our job, you know. We're supposed to just give you the meat and potatoes. And, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That was one thing that was also told of me when I was first introduced to you is that you are a master of playing in the pocket. Like, for those out there that don't know what that is, playing in the pocket is literally just playing what... You hear, if you hear a song and you hear that beat, it's that steady groove that that drummer is given and he's not showing any, you know, flash or any, uh, uh, just all this extra stuff that, mm -hmm. that some, and, it, and it, it's across the board. Guitars can give you extra stuff, bass players, but, you know, staying in the pocket to keep that, just keep that groove going for those other uh, musicians to follow. That's what, that was one of the things that I heard about you, like, you can that that you are you're locked in man like like there's no it, it's 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 almost weird like you're like you're literally a human metronome like oh, if we man, need I that beat it. yeah it just it, it stays there like and now and i've seen you do your i've seen you do your thing and your flair and all that but when it comes to just riding that groove man i've i've seen you do that too and and it's a consistent thing like i've never seen you do a song, if I've seen you do a song five times in different performances, it's five different drums. No, yeah. it's the same groove every yeah. time. And yeah. that consistency is really what is what's needed, but you've 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 definitely got it on lock like that. You know, listening to those records, it teaches you those pockets. Yeah. And also how it feels, how it sounds, how it magnifies the others mm -hmm. and how they're able to do what they do because that pocket is that way. Right. And I, I, I don't know. I, it might be a little weird thing of mine, but I guess I feel like when I'm playing something, I feel I, I be meditating into thinking, okay, I imagine it's the record playing and knowing those, other intricacies that are happening, mm -hmm. those other nuances, and and it, you know, a lot of people don't play cover tunes like exactly right, like the record or the you know, but I hear it just like the record is playing. Yep, and the one thing I understand is making it feel good. It's got to feel good, right? And it, I know if it don't feel good, switch it up. Yep. Something, yep. Know. Absolutely. And, it, you know, so I know that once it's there and, it, and it's feeling and it's feeling good, okay, I'm going to leave it alone because I don't want to, as they say, don't disturb this groove. Right. You know, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't want to disturb it. And it's not my groove to disturb. Okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That, yeah. I'm, that, that's... I'm doing that and giving it for the people to appreciate so they can feel good. Right. So You know, because that's a band's situation should be, and especially when they're addressing an audience, give it to them. Mm-hmm. You know, because we're playing for them. Right. 
You know what I'm saying? So you definitely want them to feel how you're feeling. Right. You want to convey that feeling. Got to the same them. attitude when it comes to me singing. Yes, Absolutely. Sir. And man, don't I know that? And I like to say you are a true goat. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate and, that. And there ain't no doubt about that. <laughs> I know I ain't going to get no feedback on that. <laughs> That's for real. It, man. That's for real, bro. Well, that's what's up. Thank you. But uh, yes, sir. But yeah, man, just, you know, being able to convey the way you feel to people. And, you know, I and I, I still kind of feel this way, but I don't, you know, mess with it. But mm-hmm. even playing drums, the... <laughs> Growing up is all, all that noise, all that noise, and you know the noise, noise. But you think, man, just doing a beat makes an anointing for a person. Mm-hmm. It's like wow, you wouldn't imagine the feeling that is conveyed, you know, and that, that beat, and, and you're coming up to it, and you give it that ah, wow, right. he came right back on it, yeah, it's, right, it's such and such, but. You know, and and being able to do that and for one to understand, you know, what one does is that that's the amazing part because you can do anything, you know, you can do anything. And if don't nobody understand it, you know, it's not really effective. Mm -hmm. And that's all I want to be is effective. Okay. Where it counts effective right right you know, not too much not too much you know not too little effective yeah you know yeah. That, and that, that that's my style everyone has their you know different situation but that seems to work for me so okay i'll, I'll allow that to do what it do and, and it definitely does that well, thank you thank you i appreciate it what was your first group like the first group that you joined what was that oh wow the first I, man you know Hmm. I okay. I think my very first and professional group mm-hmm. that I joined was Funk Allegiance. Okay. And back in 1995. Now were they out of Xenia too? Uh the guitar player Ralph Akins. He's from Xenia. Okay. But he's also the guitarist for Fazo in okay. Heat Wave. Okay. Yeah, he he yeah, he, that that's him. You hear them guitar licks on Riding High and Right. Yeah, that's Ralph. Uh him and him and I and then Bobby Glover, who okay, was Okay, I'm familiar with him. He was the singer for Zap. Yep. And uh David Hot Rod Ferrara, who is uh still one of the greatest guitarists I know. Uh he's out of Cincinnati. Okay. And um they happened to come to this jam session I was performing at, and it was this club called 35 West. It was on Gettysburg Avenue. Okay. And, man, that place was popping. It was rocking, man. <laughs> I mean, wow. You know, musician. Yes. Because, yes. Man, I met Drac there from Slave. Okay. And, yeah. Wow. I mean, what jam session night? I think it was Thursday night, I want to say. Okay. Used to be every Thursday nights there, man. Oh, it was popping. I got introduced to it. Um, A friend of mine lived in Zinia. He's like, I know this place up here in Dayton. I was like, okay, you know, let's see what's going on. Mm -hmm. I went up there. I was like, wow. 
I was like, uh, I was really tripped out. So the next time I went, uh, you know, I didn't really play much the first time. I was more or less observing mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, seeing what was in there. Because at this time, I was kind of just getting on the scene getting back on the scene, the music scene, grooving, you know, because I'd just been grooving in church and my house, at, you know, before then, for those years. And then uh, was working at GM and stuff. So, yeah, at that time, I wasn't able to play. So. Okay. Getting back into the groove. And so, at any rate, I went back to 35 West, and uh, I was playing. And these ladies, I remember uh, one – uh, Vicky, she's my Facebook friend, uh, and she had a friend named, uh, I want to say Debbie. Yeah, Vicky and Debbie, I think it was. They were there watching me. They called Ralph, Hot Rod, one of them, Bobby, and told him, said, your drummer's here. <laughs> and uh, so they, all three of them came down and, oh, let's sit with them and see what it's like. Yeah. So I hit with him, and that was that was the that was history for that group. And how old were you? I was twenty one at the time. Okay. Now, how big was this thirty five West Club? How big was that? It it, it it's that club that's right off that exit. Uh, right, it's right off the exit Gettysburg Avenue. It used to sit to the right. They tore it down. It wasn't a big club. Okay, but. It would get packed because it wasn't a big club. Right. And, you know, it was, it was a lot of people that came in there, though, even though it wasn't a big club. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, uh, they had a cook, you know, that was whipping them chicken wings and pork chops up like nobody business up okay. there, you know? So the attraction was Yeah, all the elements uncanny, were basically man. there. Yeah. yeah, man. I mean, like I said, I met Drac there. I'm uh, Big Joe Blue, which is a uh, you know very famous locally blues artist. Mm-hmm. You know what? To our listeners, tell who Drac is, man. Oh, Drac is uh, one of the lead guitarists for the group Slave. Okay, you know, may he rest his soul. Yeah, but uh, I, I met him there, and actually, we had got our groove on, and I, that was when I was first introduced to him. Okay. And it was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this. You know, I, I mean, I, I wasn't trying to be star studded, but I was like, well, right. you know, I'm used to listening to you out my speakers, and you're right in front of my face. Exactly. So, yeah, <laughs> that, you know, that that's always a trip when you think about, yep. you know, things like that. But and uh, so it was even funny how I ended up joining Slave or being enslaved even after meeting Drac. Um, at 35 West, but uh, being with uh, Funk Allegiance, like I said, which was Ralph, Bobby, and Hot Rod, mm-hmm. we we had we stayed together for about twenty some years. Wow. Yeah, yeah. We we made a couple albums, and you know, we enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. It was a great run. We were. Gigging everywhere, yeah, and every weekend and all the time, and that, yeah, that when you're a musician, that's what you love to do, you right? Know, you absolutely, to, you really love to 
be able to showcase your craft. Of course. And get get all that practicing, yep. doing it, and, you know, whatever else you think of, getting your vocabulary right, right. whatever your Because no two gigs are the same. Yeah, man, never. Yeah. Never. I never, I've never known two gigs to be the same, ever. And something something will differentiate the two no matter what. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, I, I don't know how to even play a song the same way. I mean, I give you the main groove, yeah, but, right. you know, something's going to be different about it than it was absolutely. yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know, um, yeah, so I don't even, I, that I don't even know how to do, play the same song the same exact way. Right. I've never, I've never done that. I mean, I guess if I had to do it, it's one thing, but that would put my frame of mind in a weird space. Yeah. Especially never doing that particularly ever before. Right. So, yeah, I would definitely, you know, want to, you know, like I said, give, give you what you need on it. But, yeah, my own freedom of thought. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm, I'm going to need that to be the artist I am. Right, right. So when you play, Sticks, are you, does it always transcend? You go to that kind of just almost this other level, even even within your head, but you're conscious of what you're doing, but it's almost like you're in a, like they, like like within sports, you're in the zone, so to speak. Do Is that a, not necessarily a conscious thing, but is it that, is just a something that happens to you when you play? It has happened, and I have been in that zone. Mm-hmm. Um, not every single time. Um, and then there's times when you have to do more concentrating than you know, you're used to. Yeah. Um, and I know with that, I'm being more consciously aware of how I'm playing and right what I'm playing, what I'm hitting and whatnot. Right. Um, but like, you know, even like when I play with Larry Humphrey, he'll, you know, he'll turn me loose. Okay. And then I can, I can zone out at times. Okay. Um, <laughs> It's like come back. Oh, oh, okay. Here I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and and which is cool because it's like a lot of the other artists I play with, even um, the rock band I'm in now, Evolution. You know, I, I'm not so contained. We just have a format. Yep. You know. Yep. So I'm not contained, but I make sure. And I and I'm even saying that even being more consciously aware of how I play mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. Um, because, because you know, as I guess to say, as I'm getting older, I'd like to be. I don't know, is it such a thing to say more sweet or, you know, uh, not so much more simple, but just more right there, right? You know, just right. just right there, like you know, like I said, just right there and do the right thing. Give. Give it the feel-good ingredient that it needs for you to do what you do and for the other band members to do what they do. You know what I'm saying? And and let's let's rock this world. Okay. Know? And work from it from there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what other bands have you uh been a part of? Oh my goodness. And what's the experience with all those individuals? What's that been like? Oh, uh. Good or bad, if you want to mention both. Uh, no, it, it, 
you know, all good as far as I can remember for everything. But man, I'm, I, I mean, I've been in a lot of bands, a lot of bands through the journey of me being with Funk Allegiance. It okay. seemed like, you know, okay, well then, you know, people call me, hey, can you come sit in with me? And I'm like, oh, sure. Yeah. You know, make money too? Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, so I was doing that a lot and and then it just be became a natural uh habit of playing with who or whomever because you know, a lot of people can call me on the drop of a dime pretty much. I can take care of you as it you know, as if I've been there. Mm-hmm. As because that's I know how it's supposed to go. Right. And know how it's supposed to feel and I try to convey that. So wh- who whatever band I'm playing with, they're still able to do what they do. You know. And because my job is not there to take away from. I'm right. there to add to. Right. And, you know, to make it, you know, a total uh, giving thing for us to convey to the audience. Yep. Yep. You know, to, to, to hear where we, you know, to hear what we're able to do and take it and roll with it. Is there a genre of music that you haven't touched yet? Um, I don't. Mm, I don't know. I'll have to get back to you on that one when <laughs> I haven't touched it. I <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I I I don't want to say I know all the genres, but you know, I know a pretty good amount of them. Right. Um, and you know, as Dennis Chambers said, he said. If you're a musician, you should listen to more than one genre. You can't just be stuck in R&B or you can't just be stuck in rock and roll or you can't just be stuck in jazz. You know, mm-hmm. Listen to it all. It's it's a rainbow. Yeah. You know, when, you, when you see a rainbow, you don't just see blue. You see the blue, the red, the orange, and, the, you know, all of the yeah. different colors that it takes to make up that spectrum. I totally agree. And you have to be able to see that rainbow. Mm-hmm. So music is that. Music is that rainbow. You have to see it, what it is. And, it, you know, educate yourself on it because there's so much out there. Yeah, absolutely. There's just so much out there. Absolutely. And I'm I'm always amazed, you know, old stuff, new stuff. It doesn't really even matter. It, it Ear candy is ear candy, and that'll never change, you know. We're actually spending this time, you know, revamping. uh, We're going back to the record handling, and Mm -hmm. people are now buying vinyl, getting back into that. Yeah, absolutely. When I was the one that didn't give them up in the first place, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it just goes to show... When something is good, that's what returns. It always comes back. Yep. Yeah. Every, everything great always comes back. Yeah. You know, no matter what. No matter what. You're right. You know, they, they, man, because they thought all oh, these CDs are just so great. And they're just so great. And phasing out. Yeah. You know, and, and, oh, bring the record back. Absolutely. And like I said, it's just so great. 
I, I never gave up my vinyl ever. Right. I, I I've seen your collection. I just couldn't do it. It's massive. I, I've seen your collection. <laughs> I, I it, can't do it. It rivals. It rivals like the big stars. You know, the Q-tips, the uh, Pete Rocks and hip hop, the just people who love music that I've, you know, seen. The Man, famous people, like it rivals those, dude. I right? um, I was watching a video clip of Jay Dilla mm-hmm. and in his room and how his records were just so many along the wall. And I was like, well, that's what part that's what my garage looks like right, right. there. I was like, I'd like to get a whole room to do that though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I boy, you couldn't get me out there. That, oh, <laughs> because call my cell phone, he won't answer. Yeah, man. <laughs> he couldn't get me out that room, bro. I'd, I'd surround myself in there, like ah, right. <laughs> but yeah, so I yeah, I got a pretty massive amount of vinyl. Yeah, I'll just I'll never stop. You know, honestly, and looking back on it, it's something I never ever stopped doing. Yeah, my whole life. Uh, what I, since I was able to buy a forty-five, I used to sleep with forty-fives underneath my pillow, thinking that vinyl fairy was going to mm-hmm. give me something for them. Uh, you know, so heck, uh, my first forty-five, I think at three. Mm. Wow, three years old. And the thing is, you know, I had already developed this infatuation with records, so. It'd be some folks, oh, I got a couple he can have. Uh, I got a few he can do. Uh, for four long, I was, I was four or five, man. I had a collection almost as big as my dad's. Wow. At the time. <laughs> it was crazy. But, uh, yeah, and then it was trying to get me something good to play them on. Though. Okay. Uh, <laughs> of course. And then, okay, and then, too, I, I find to be fond of electronics, so... Don't let a screwdriver be lying around or a butter <laughs> knife because I got to take it apart and see how it works. Yeah. I'm just, yeah, very, you know, very inquisitive type and was always intrigued by, right? you know, electronics. Yeah. Yeah. Hence is why I took it and went to Green County Career Center. Okay. For electronics. Yeah. Okay. I was in the left grade. But how old were you when you got your first drum set? Ooh, we that was let's see, I think it was about two or three. They were Mickey Mouse. <laughs> uh, the paper mm-hmm. and paper heads. So I really didn't get to play on them long because they broke. Yeah. And I, you know, it was like, oh, he hits a little harder than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bless your heart for the starter kit, but I need a different kind of starter kit, not that kind of starter right. kit. So how old were you when you got that kind of starter kit? Uh, no, it, it wasn't even no starter kit. At the time when I had that Mickey Mouse set, I tore it up almost immediately. Then... It was trial and error for sets that were like that. Okay. And couldn't keep going on like that. So it wasn't until, I want to say I was about seven-ish, seven or eight. Okay. 
somewhere around in that factor when uh, my mother, uh, my mom, dad, my mom, Ronnie, one of the two somehow coordinated and uh, got me a, I remember my first set was a Slingerland drum set. Huh. And uh, a fish, fish scaled colored, you know, fish scales. Mm -hmm. And I was, oh, I would just sit and just sit right in front of them and just stare at them. Yeah. Because I couldn't believe I actually had a drum set. It, it was that it, it was that important to me. It was that intriguing to me. It was everything I wanted it. You know, I needed to feel to make me feel like, hey, I'm worth something. Right. Because now I got a drum set. How disciplined were you when you when you were playing, like, or even or when you practicing? Excuse me. Oh, practicing. Um, I would practice to all of my records. Okay. You know, have headphones on and practice the records. Uh, I would practice to those that I knew or those that I would hear say were the best type of, you know, grooves, like cameo grooves, you know, Larry Blackman. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, pocket crazy. Yeah. Um, For those out there who don't even realize, Larry Blackman, before he became famous with the cod piece and the vocals, he was the drummer in the group. So yes. don't get it twisted like, Oh, he still and he still and he was still, the drummer. Right. He's That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He was just singing over top of his yeah. stuff in the studio. Absolutely. But, yeah, man. Oh, but then he was doing it live though when he was young, you know, and he had all that energy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But his pocket just freaking crazy, man. And the grooves that he laid were just uh, uh yeah, I mean, and there's people, Larry Blackman, Maurice White, Stevie Wonder even on yep. drums, man. That Man, if y'all don't know how Stevie get down, boy, y'all better ask somebody. Yeah. That man, was a later in life yeah. revelation for me. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know that until I got older. Down. He's playing he's playing Superstition. That's yep. him, you know, playing all this stuff on yep. Superstition. So, you know, food for thought. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I was honing in every every one of those drummers and listening to their chops, and then I would you know go back and try to see if I could do it, mm -hmm. and then see what I sounded like doing. You know, right. hear hear what I sounded like doing. Right. You know, no, okay, I didn't agree with that. You know, I was such and such. A, you know, and and kind of you know as trial and error worked worked my own. Uh, talent out that way mm -hmm. because, like I said, being being surrounded by all of the musicians that were coming in and out of our, our homes, I, I got the clue of how to you know what to do to groom and you know just uh, what to listen to, yep. what to listen for, what to play, what not to play, and you know, and then at that time. <laughs> uh, going to Ronnie's church and he belonged to a true holy church that went to goes to church on Saturdays. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So you had uh John McConnell, you had Keith Wimberly and uh and of course uh, Johnny Watson went there, his family. Mm -hmm. Um <clears throat> uh the Herring uh, uh which is John McConnell's uh 
sister Carlin and their little baby brother uh, Jason. And of course, they're all grown and adults now, but uh, just on that talent. Oh, uh, my sister's cousins, the Ritley's Angels. Woo wee, man! Talking about baby emotions, boy. Them girls. Was, <laughs> I mean, and they still bad. Boy. Yeah, they still can sing, bro. Um, that's pretty much everybody in my sister's family. It's, okay. Yeah, they, man, they get busy. Um, and then you know, with my sister, she has our mother's voice and her father's voice too. So she's really got a good range. Nice. Yeah. Now, yeah. you were talking earlier about vocabularies and different styles when it comes to drumming. Is there any one particular style that you prefer, or is it kind of equal to, like, everything that you've played over the years? Do you – and it's not – and I'm not meaning that when you get called for a gig, if somebody asks you that you're just like, I got to play this. Just <laughs> what, like – if Sticks woke up tomorrow morning and just and I and that and I'm posing the question again, what would be the answer? Like, is is there a singular style that you're more attracted to, or is it just kind of across the board? You like everything the same. I I do like everything. I, I like I like everything, but I mean, as a drummer, and you know, of course I'm attracted to all of that nice flamboyant chop stuff that they. Do mm -hmm. and you know and it's you know it was, I watched like Chris Coleman and Tony Royster Jr. Uh, I, and, and you know now it almost seems like now that's all the drummers are doing and that I don't want to be a part of that what's that what's it, it, like a certain chop it's like do, okay doing the fast rolls is like seeing how fast you can move in okay x amount of time yeah you yeah. know that type of i don't know if it, and then some was saying the gospel chop i don't i mean it it, it, it y'all know what it is because it's pretty much in a lot of stuff now okay but, you know, there's a lot of different styles to drums, and me, I, you know, I'm almost to say because I came up in that '70s, '80s era, that mm -hmm. type of. That's pretty much. I, I I'd like to think my playing is that with just a little bit more flamboyance. Okay. So it, it's not enough to crowd. Not not to say that I haven't you know been in a situation where I was overplaying before because right. that can happen. Right. Especially when you don't play and you want to get your chops off. You know. Yeah. Um. So, but. You know, and then I like to come to my senses and whoa, it's a bit much there. Mm -hmm. You know, and and you know, I don't I don't want to take the groove from no one because my job is to supply the groove. Yes. So yes. I do not want to subtract. I want to add to. Absolutely. And uh, that's where I find myself. I put myself in that minefield. You know, don't overplay. Don't overplay. Just give me. You know, still be you. Give them that. Yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. Just enough. Yeah. Well, our first guest that we had on the show is my buddy Mike. You've met Mike. Oh, yeah. Bass player. And yeah, the question I posed to him, I want to pose to you. Can you listen to music 
Or do you do you listen to music and immediately go to the drums first? When you hear a song, oh, now you know that's funny. I when I listen to music, drums is probably the other part of it. When I listen to music, the first thing, if you know, I get that ear and it attracts me to it. It's that melody. Okay. It's that melody. It's the way those chords are arranged. It, you know, mm-hmm. you hear that Jill Scott, them chords. You hear that music soul child, them chords. Uh, you know, Stevie Wonder, his chords. Right. <laughs> it, it's that what draws you in. You know, and it's something you can't explain it. You can't, there isn't a name for it. I, I don't think so i don't know but it's just that i go back to ear candy it's just what you hear and then it make it does something to your body the inner self man it Mm -hmm. just you know you're wrapped up in it and it and it got you you know it's got you caught up in it right and man those are the types those are the type of songs i love to hear melodic melodically structured songs you know, um man uh mint condition is one of my favorite yeah bands stokely he's a monster oh, yeah a monster i can't there is no words for that dude right there man that guy is just oozing with talent yep um as Drumming is, I mean, is all musician uh, skills. Yep. He can play bass, guitar, steel keys. drums, keys, yep. and sing. And them drums, boy. Woo. <laughs> Man, yeah. Stokely, you go, boy. Uh, yeah, shoot. I, you know, he's one of them dudes, man, you hear singing just, if I just had a, just a little eighth of your throat. Just, right. Just, a, just, just <laughs> that, you know. Right. Hey, heck, Brandon, I ain't going to lie. You make me feel like that, too. Oh, I hear man, you sing. I'll be like, boy, if I just had about a teeth of that right there, then wow. I could get my ingredient right. I appreciate that again. Boy, Thank listen, you. hey, I ain't, I ain't going to sleep on you. I know who you are, buddy. <laughs> Thank but, you, man. Yeah, man. I mean, and you know, it's it's so God blessed to be a part of this wonderful musician, you know, this this musicianship that we all have amongst our network, mm-hmm. you know, and whatnot. Yeah. Just just to be in the family, you know, is is a great thing. Cause, you know, I, I never knew life other than being a musician and I couldn't imagine my life not being a musician i'm the same way bro I'm the same i, I way. don't know life without I, it i tell people constantly man music is like air to me and i can't be without either one of them because right I'll, I'll die without it and do you you know I, I i speak this to my wife a lot as we watch programs and we were even watching the grammys okay watching Joni mitchell mm-hmm. 80 years old yep now have you ever known someone that worked in a factory, worked at McDonald's, went back to McDonald's at 80 and said, let me fry this hamburger? No. That don't happen. Do you, have you ever 
seen someone that retired from like your GM type job and said, well, okay, I'm 80. I'm going to go back and see if I can work on the assembly line. <laughs> Not Have at you, all. I mean, so why is it that with music, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. Right. When you are, you are. And that's it. That's all. Yeah, man. I mean, we we see Joni still singing, Dolly Parton. Man, she's sounding incredible. Yeah. I mean, wow. Right. And then these these people that, man, grew up listening to them and kids, kids, kids. And y'all still around for these generation kids to still listen exactly. to. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so, and that's what I say, man. We're a part of this medium that it just doesn't stop. No. It always evolves. It, uh, yes. And like you said earlier, the great things, the good, the great things always come back around. They come back because they, they, they you know, you can phase it out, but it ain't got nowhere to go to rest. Right. It has to come it back has to, to come surface. Back. Yeah. Know? It has to. So all of the great things, back here we are again, you know, back to whatever's the greatness. Mm-hmm. Put it back on here. Okay, yeah, we're running out of situation. We're running out of ideas. Well, let's get something great and let's generate it back out again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let me get your opinion on something, man. What, yes, sir. What, what is your take on drum machines? Drum machines, they're fun, actually. Mm -hmm. I actually, you know, being a producer as well, I actually enjoyed playing along with, you know, like, okay, I'd make up a drum beat or something, and then, I'd, okay, I had percussion or, you know, something to go along with it to make the pocket, you know, jump and do yep. what it do. Yep. And that, to me, I love playing with the click. It, it it's that discipline yet it's that it's that lock so tight that you know you're on that one mm -hmm. and there ain't dispute there's no disputing that because you're on that one and and with the technology in today in today's recording you know when you lock they go by frames mm -hmm. recording frames you know you're one two and then at this bar and this measure, well, everything's time synced. So when you lock with a metronome, if something happens, it's just that much easier to go back and be able to fix. Or, right. You know, because it's all in sync. Right. And not out of sync. So even with that and learning that, because I do know a lot of drummers that do not like metronomes, man. <laughs> but then to... It, I feel that that's self-conscious mm -hmm. because if you know you can hold a beat and you're just holding the beat with a something in your ear or whatever, yeah, a light or you know whatever you look at for count. I mean, because we had to, uh, we had to uh, study with a metronome, you know. And, play in, in a band or whatever you counts you have to no counts yep. you know so like i said I, I yeah i i would never mind playing with a metronome i know it, at times it can be frustrating because because it's so perfect yep it doesn't and it never switch. you yeah, yeah and you can get ahead or behind you know and 
staying right on that mark is wow. Okay. Right. You realize, you know, how much talent and skill that it does take to do that. Yep. When you have to do that. Yeah. But that that's the one thing that I do like with my rock band because I get to do that. You know, that's stay, awesome, stay on a metronome when, I'm, when we play and perform. And, it, you know, once again, it keeps me disciplined. Yep. You know, it keeps me grounded, you know, to the floor. Because, you know, being rock music, yeah, I love to rock out. Da, 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 da. But right. I still got to make it digestible because these are songs to be sang. And, you know, you mm -hmm. can't be going crazy while the singer's singing lead. Of course. You know, you can't mix those two up, so. Yeah, so even 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 being in a disciplined situation, it's still fun, right? To be disciplined, which brings me to my next question: Do you have? Are you still having fun playing sticks? Oh man, am I? I think I, it just I don't ever remember it being dull or ever feeling I don't want to do this no more. Ever, you know, never those type. I mean. Uh, trust me, I'm a human. Mm -hmm. You know, things happen and you can, you know, you feel certain ways certain times. But the main overall situation is, man, playing drums takes me there when I'm when I'm able to do that. Yeah. I'm able to have my Shangri-La. I'm able to, you know, have my own sector. My, my 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 own section, mm -hmm. you know. I can have these things, and you know, be lost yet still attentive. But that's my, you know, that's my go to. Okay, you know that that's just my thing. I've I've been playing now, uh, forty five years. Wow, forty six years. I think I did. I did my first professional date with my mother. Um, I was no more than six, seven-ish, mm. six, seven years old. How much did you get paid for that one, Sticks? You remember? Uh, <laughs> I think it might have been $5. $5. Wow. I think it might have been 5 That's what you call starting from the bottom. But that's awesome, man. <laughs> and there was a lot hey don't get it twisted oh definitely there, there was at least a couple of five dollar instances as i was 21 yeah but, yeah yeah <laughs> uh, and we had to make sure that did not happen again right right yeah uh, oh okay yeah we're grown we can do something about this yeah you know? absolutely you absolutely know? yeah so uh, but yeah man five dollars uh, you could persuade uh, persuade a kid to you know play a drum set yeah it didn't take much for me didn't take much at all that's awesome man yeah. out of the many drummers that you've named on this episode give me your five my five well let me see definitely stokely okay stevie okay and then i'm a, and then i'm gonna probably bring it on home with diamond mm -hmm. parker okay and uh, oh, and and let me give it to the man Neil Peart. Okay, you know I got to. I mean, you know, and that and that's just to sum that up. That's definitely not leaving any. Oh no, not one at of all. the super goat 
greats out. Oh man, hold on, you gotta give me six. I'm sorry, I left Dennis Chambers out. That's fine. That. I got, I gotta put Dennis. That's fine. In there. Hey, this is your episode. You can do what you want. If you want well, to name ten, yeah. go ahead. You want to name well, some I, more? I, I would like to name them all, right? Man, because they all just had a significant role in my life and being who I am. That's what's up. The person. Yeah, I just threw out a number. Just just for right, the record right. out there, <laughs> <laughs> podcast people, yeah. I just threw a number out there. But if, you, if there's many others, then I mean, yeah. And, and, and especially uh, the local uh, drummers that, you know, we're on the scene together mm -hmm. and going out here making music, defying music together, breaking bread together and things like that. So, man... And he, you know, like I said, these are super talented cats, man. It oh, just, absolutely. And they have, you know, they have a lot to offer. And especially if you, you know, you want to learn from these guys, man. And I, yeah, I, I wish I could name every single person, like I said, because they right. all have individually touched me in a way. Um, as far, you know, with the drum and the skill and the playing. Yep. And, you know, I hear that little something and my ear get to turning. Mm, what was that? You right. Know what I mean, like, oh, okay, yeah, don't do it again. I'll make sure I stole that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and in retrospect, that's just the name of the game because everything is a inspiration. So no matter who you listen to, what you listen to, anything and everything is inspiring. You know, I 100% agree. Everything is inspiring. Yeah. You know, shoot, being in love is inspiring. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that, that that's life. Yes, sir. And life should be that way. Life Man, should be inspiring. Look, I tell you what, Stevie did it. That song's in the key of life because that's exactly what that album does. Mm -hmm. Takes you through every step of life, it just seems like. And, um, you know, like I was saying, all of the inspiration, you can't help but to grasp it, you know, and and narrate it to the proper people that, mm -hmm. you know, are there to listen. And like I said, man, this music, I love being a musician. I've never not been a musician right. since my heart has beat, been beating. Um and uh, I will always remain to be a musician unless God says otherwise. I feel the same way. I will I will definitely, you know, uh, I came in one, I go out one, brother. Right. <laughs> right. That's all I can say with that. Give me your uh, favorite drum songs. Ooh-wee. Can be a long list, can be a short one. Just give me your favorite uh, drum songs. Favorite drum songs. Okay. Well, Tom Sawyer, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, I want to be free. Okay, yeah. <laughs> them break, them <laughs> yeah. breakdowns are ridiculous. Oh, man, come on. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, man. Uh, I get to them two, and then I will... Ah, uh, <laughs> man, you got me good. You got me on the speech in there because to think of, you know, all these great drum songs out here and, the, you know, try to narrow them down. Yeah. It's, I, didn't realize, I didn't realize it was that hard. 
Uh, yeah, and, and, and maybe, you know, some superstition because that's definitely a all-time favorite drum beat. Okay. And that, and you got to give it to those drummers that knew how to make those drum songs or those intro feels, and you knew exactly what the song was right. before it even did anything. Right. Like Brickhouse. You know, you hear that. You hear that intro. Yeah. And it has to be there. Yeah. You do not play Brickhouse without starting it the proper way. Exactly. Yeah. And it those things, and because that's an intro, that's a signature intro. Mm -hmm. It'd be wrong to play that song knowing that the drummer made sure that it was an intro for that yep. and you don't do it. I'm coming out, Tony Thompson. Oh, how dear God, how not, how I not uh, say his name. Tony Thompson, I'm coming out. That record, ah, uh, that was one I remember when it came out. It was, okay, now you got a whole bunch of drummers trying to get on that. Yep. You know? Yep. And and I remember those songs that made those situations like, okay, well, how do we do this here? Right, <laughs> right. Because, you know, yeah, that I'm coming out, banging. Yeah, absolutely. Banging. Tony Thompson, man. And it's she so funny, too, because with that song, you know, for those who don't know, that's Diana Ross. It was produced by Nile Rodgers, and basically yeah. it was just the chic musicians yes. that were playing chic on that. It, 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 it gave new life to Diana Ross oh, at that time. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I mean, she sir. was big with the Supremes. Of course, she had some solo hits after that, but it was just like the, the title of the song mm -hmm. was definitely represented by the music of that song i'm it coming sure out was. like it, here it, i am yeah and yes. i'm coming out with this boombastic this man this <laughs> super super creatively funky yeah nile rogers bernard edwards track yeah and tony thompson and tony on thompson crack yep. <laughs> yeah that's the man cherry listen, on the top of the listen, sunday right there and and the, and and to remember i remember I th I I remember being in my aunt and uncle's uh, van, mm -hmm. and on the radio came um, Sister Sledge. He's the greatest dancer. Yes, yeah. And I remember saying, "Oh, that's chic," because I could tell by the music, by the music, by the music. Yep. I could tell by that sound, yeah, that style, that guitar. Man, nobody played guitar like Nile Rodgers. No, you know he he. I don't know how a guitarist is so damn defiant right. in a song. And back then, you know, it seemed like, you, I mean, you had good rhythm licks and, you know, leads right. and whatnot. Of course. of course. But it seemed like his mixes, he was just a little bit louder. You could hear him a little bit more clear. <laughs> you heard them chanks a little bit more chankier. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, man, what is this guy doing? Right. And it, oh my goodness, the sound of <laughs> hearing that song play in my head right now. Whoa. Yeah, that that's something you definitely had to crank. Mm -hmm. You didn't you didn't listen to that song though. No, not at all. Yeah, yeah. man. They, yeah, love those grooves, man. Those grooves, man, are just uh, so such a soundtrack of our lives, right? You know, man, it, and they're still they're still great. They're timeless. Yeah, absolutely, very much timeless. What's and, next for you, Sticks? Oh man, 
I now that'll probably be a question I can't answer because God has that plan. I do not. That's what's up. I think on that note, man, we, we kind of wrap it up here, man. Oh, well, that's what's up. Yeah. I can't thank you enough for this wonderful situation, allowing me to give my input and just speak about the one thing I know I'm able to talk about, music, man. Well, I appreciate you coming down, man, and having a good time with us, man. And with that being said, man, we're going to close it out. This is B. Harv. My man B. Shuts is doing the engineering today. He, he ain't feel like talking today, but it's all good. But I want to thank my guest, man, George Sticks Furman, once again. And you guys take it easy, and we'll see you the next time on The B's Side.